0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the next episode of Stagger the Small Biz Podcast, where we talk about your business, all the fun things that come along with it. I'm your host, Sean. Thanks for being with us today. Happy Friday to everybody. So my next show was supposed to have a guest interview, uh, but I got an email late last night that I found interesting. So this show is really going to center around that email because I think it, it could be helpful. Uh, So I figured I could squeeze in this episode real quick before uh, we have a guest on on our next show. Uh, We're going to be recording that hopefully uh, early next week. It it should be a really exciting show. So in this episode, we're going to talk about building and launching your own brand. But first, let's take a second to thank our sponsor. If you have a company, you probably have a website or social media account. Uh, you need to check out I'mChrisJohnson.com. Chris can help you out with stunning graphics, logo design, marketing strategies, and so much more. Uh, go check it out. I'mChrisJohnson.com. When you land on the site, you're going to see all the amazing things that he's done for his uh, current clients. Uh, we use him here; uh, absolutely love it. It's uh, I've never had a bad experience with with Chris. He does a really good job. So uh, definitely go check it out. So I'm going to share an email that I got last night, and we're going to break it down bit by bit and dive a little bit deeper uh, into everything. Hi, Sean. I'm a young entrepreneur from Denmark, a big fan of your podcast. Thank you. I would like to launch my own brand, and I have some quick questions for you. One, what is the best way to find someone to manufacture your product overseas? Two, would you recommend trademarking your brand? Three, what challenges did you find most difficult with marketing and shipping your product worldwide? Okay, let's start with the first section here, what's the best way to find someone to manufacture overseas? Uh, Carefully, (laughs) very carefully, that's how you find somebody to manufacture overseas. Uh, Depending on what what item you're going to have manufactured, you're going to find out real quick that there's good manufacturers and that there's bad manufacturers. So here's how you start, you just start honestly with a, a quick Google search. Let's say, just for the purposes of this show, let's say we're going to launch our own swimwear brand, okay? I would search private label swimwear manufacturers. I will tell you that the first website, or one of the first websites, one of the first six websites that's going to pop up, depending on what you're having manufactured, is going to be Alibaba. It is an okay place to start, but you don't want to have everything that you manufacture ran through Alibaba. Uh, Alibaba does have some good manufacturers on there, uh, but they do. There's some shady uh, characters there, uh, so I would just do your research and dive into uh, what country manufactures the most of your product, right? So, if, uh, like I said, for the purpose of this show, we're say we're going to launch a swimwear uh, line, well, we would know that Taiwan manufacturers a lot of clothing articles so if I did go to Alibaba I would probably want to look for a clothing manufacturer uh, in in Taiwan so let's let's say that we start with Alibaba okay we we just want to start manufacturing uh, our product so we're gonna start with Alibaba because it's got a lot of people in one place so you're gonna create an account and you're gonna start sending out messages to different manufacturers. Uh, Now Alibaba will fill out the questions for you um, when you send these out. I will tell you right now delete all of that message and you're gonna make this message. Uh, Here's the questions you're gonna ask in, in your first contact with with the supplier. Okay? Can you provide custom logos all right, this will ensure that the, the manufacturer has unbranded product that can be branded with your logo. Okay, So we want to find somebody that can add a custom logo to our uh, swim line. So say we're going to have board shorts, swim trunks, or whatever, uh, we want to make sure that it's unbranded already and that they can add our logo to it because the last thing that you want to do is have somebody add your logo to something that's already branded. Um, Then you're going to ask, what is the MOQ, capital M, capital O, capital Q, question mark, okay? MOQ stands for minimum order quantity. Sometimes they'll come back with a pretty high number if it's too high for you. Uh, Ask if it's negotiable. You know, if you're just starting out, you may not need 6,000 of a certain product, right? Uh, so just ask them, hey, you know, can you do a thousand? What's you know, what's the price for a thousand? It's gonna, it might bump up a little bit, you because know, the more you buy, the less it's gonna cost you per piece. Um, so there is always some wiggle room there with these manufacturers. Don't don't let them come out right off the rip and say, oh, well, you got to buy twelve thousand. There's wiggle room. Don't um, don't let us scare you off. Number three, ask what the delivery time is. Uh, if it's six months, you know, obviously you're looking at six months until you launch, right? Uh, most of them aren't, most of them can get it to you pretty quick, uh, but make sure that you know what the expected delivery time is and hold them to it, right? Uh, what is the price for samples? Because you're gonna get samples before we launch, and I'm gonna talk more about that in a second. But, uh, and then ask if they can send a catalog. Most manufacturers will have a catalog Uh, If it's swimwear, they will send you a catalog of all the different styles and patterns that they have. Uh, So just it's usually in like an Excel document. Just save it um, and then go through it. After you collect uh, a bunch of them, reach out to ten or fifteen different guys or manufacturers. Reach out and see what they come back with. Odds are you're going to write off half of them because when you send a message out asking all these questions, they're they're not going to respond. Uh, Correctly, and you're not going to want to do business with them. But you may find a few that seem to fit uh, what you're trying to create. So once you identify these manufacturers, you want samples. So here's where you're going to eliminate more of them. You tell them that you want samples with your logo, not just samples of their product. Samples with your logo. That's what you want. If they try to argue with you on doing that, you are not going to want to do business with them. They are not going to be a good long-term manufacturer. They're just to put your logo, yeah, it may be a little bit of work for them. And it's going to cost you a little bit more uh, to do the samples, right? But you want to know exactly what your product's going to look like before you have it manufactured. So don't bend on that tell them I want samples with my logo it is going to cost you a pretty penny to do this okay where it it, you know the product itself for a normal order it may be five dollars each right Uh, it may be thirty dollars each or forty dollars each plus uh, fifty or sixty dollar shipping to get these samples but you need to make sure that you get these in your hand before you have them manufacture anything um, anytime samples get sent out they're gonna send you the best of the best which is why you want to ask for about ten to fifteen different samples of whatever it is you're making because it's going to give you a better picture of their quality like i said this is going to cost this is going to be a, a big cost Uh, but you need a budget for it if you want to do things the right way so uh, so you get your samples in you identify which manufacturer you're gonna use and then it's time to place your order right so you place your order get it in look over every single product when it comes in and if there is an issue with even one piece you let your manufacturer know and when you let your manufacturer know, you let them know that they owe you a credit because you can no longer sell this product. That is very important. We have these agreements in place with all of our manufacturers. We, you know, we only use a couple, but if something comes in and it's messed up, they owe me because I paid for that. I paid for something that needs to go in the market and it now cannot go in the market. So uh, we have we have really super manufacturers. Um, And every single time when I say, hey, you know, this one is a little subpar, uh, they give me a credit, and by golly, next time I have my product manufactured, it's there, I have that credit. So anyways, you get your product in, you look over all your product, and now you're, you're ready for product photos. This is another important step in, in launching a brand, and I kind of did things bass-ackwards. Uh, I did not start out with product photos um, with the you know with the white background, um, you know, almost a floating image, right? Uh, I thought that maybe I'd do something a little bit different, and then what I noticed uh, a couple months down the road is it, what I thought was going to be kind of cool and artsy really just didn't look as professional as it was supposed to be. Um, so there's a couple different ways that you can do product photos a you want to make sure that it's done with a good camera Uh, luckily I just have access to a a nice Nikon camera it's not the most expensive on the market but it's a nice camera Um, and then you can buy a light box Uh, you can even look up a tutorial on how to build your own light box but you build a light box and then, so normally what I do, like I have I have Photoshop on my computer, uh, but I am not as skilled with Photoshop as, say, I'm chrisjohnson.com. Chris Johnson is, is the guy that I send all of our product photos to for editing. So I will take them, I will send them to him, and then he will go in and he will edit them to look like professional product photos and load them onto our website. Uh, but it is very important to have product photos very important it will make you look professional so then now you need to sell it okay so you got your product photos you you get your product in uh, and now we're going to the next step right <clears throat> you're ready to sell if you're gonna go into a retail not a wholesale setting uh, this day and age you're probably gonna have a online store um, you need to you need to launch your website. Get some great photos. Get your product photos in, and and get that website launched. Um, what I did personally before we even launched, I had the website set up. I had the online store set up. Uh, I had everything ready, and I had actually created social media accounts prior to launch. And what that did is it almost made a little it made a little bit of suspense when people looked at our product and they said, "Oh, hey, where do you get that? Where where can I get that?" Well, it wasn't even on the market yet. So when we finally did the launch, we started to see, you know, a couple of those orders come in from people that would follow us. Um so just, you know, go step by step. Get out, you know, get your product in. Okay? Make sure it's all good to go. Get your product photos done. Get a professional website built or build one yourself. Make sure that you have an online store if you're selling a product online. Okay, it, It's a little bit of a lengthy process, but once you get going, once you actually get the hang of what you're doing, it's going to be a lot easier. Uh, so that's it in a nutshell on, on starting uh, question two was, would you recommend trademarking your brand? Yes and no. Trademarking, at least here in the U.S., is actually not that hard to do. Uh, I have researched it multiple times, um, but you're going to have to spend money to do it. So before you spend the money on trademarking your, uh, your logo or your brand, make sure that you're in a spot that you want to stay so I, I have not trademarked any of our stuff because I know for a fact that uh, a year from now we're going to be doing some different stuff and then we're going to go down the trademarking path. So you don't have to trademark right away. Um, you know, Make sure you do your research and you're not violating somebody else's trademark, uh, but you don't have to trademark a- as soon as you launch. Uh, not every product or brand does it. Uh, just make sure that you don't wait too long and then you know you get some uh, some internet troll that decides, uh, hey,'m I'm gonna, I'm gonna trademark this logo because uh, XYZ brand hasn't trademarked their logo and then I'm gonna sue them uh, for violating this. Uh, just make sure you don't wait too long, but get yourself in a comfortable spot where you want your brand to be and then pull the trigger on on trademarking that, you know, your logo. Because what you're going to find out is, is you're going to create your own logo, and then you're going to get a little bit bigger, and then you're going to say, uh, maybe we need to change that up. Maybe I need to change that logo. Or you're going to hire somebody, say, hey, look, I, our logo needs a facelift. Um, and then you're going to trademark it, okay? So just make sure that you're in a comfortable spot before you do it. <clears throat> uh, and finally, let's go to question three. Let me get a drink, sorry which challenges did you find the most difficult with marketing and shipping your product worldwide so my first mistake was offering global shipping right off the rip <clears throat> i should have kept everything domestic to start i opened everything up globally uh, oh yeah we'll ship it worldwide and when the first order came in from germany i had no clue what to do uh, as far as shipping uh... when you ship to another country uh, that, that form that you're filling out to, to mail something becomes a lot longer and a lot more in depth. Um, you know, you got to make sure that you have the right certifications depending on what you have. You know, we have sunglasses, and, and sunglasses, by United States FDA standards, are a class one medical device. And so, if I wanted to ship to another country, there's probably a lot of documentation uh, that needs to go with it. Uh, but luckily, I had all that documentation when I shipped my sunglasses to Germany. Uh, but it, it was just a, it was an experience, uh, and I actually lost a little bit of money because I didn't do my research on how much it cost to ship to other countries. So I actually lost a little bit of money on that order. Um, so make sure that your shipping rates are, are adjusted correctly. Most online stores let you adjust your global shipping rate versus your domestic rate. Uh, so just go to UPS. uh and play around with different countries just start creating a label and see how much it's going to cost you to ship that product and that's going to give you uh, maybe an average of what you can charge for your shipping uh, some of them will actually let you do it by weight and you know flat rate I ship everything flat rate because I don't have the time or the patience to, to sit there and weigh everything and plus I like I like for my product to get to my customers as fast as humanly possible right uh, because in this day and age of Amazon, everything gets there in in two days, and so domestically, I use uh, it costs. It actually costs me a, a quite a bit more than it would normally do to ship ground, but I ship uh, two day express. So when somebody orders the product for me, if as long as I get it to the post office at a certain time, it's going to get there in two days. Uh, it just all depends on on how you want to do it. Um, but make sure that you know which, which countries you want to ship to. Um, I recently, with our website, have pulled back the countries that we ship to. I, I, I have identified a lot of countries that uh, are known for credit card theft and maybe some other shady practices, and I will not ship to those countries because, and, and here's why, okay? So here's an experience that, that we had. Uh, I had somebody from a certain country send me a, a message saying, "Hey, I want I want this product." Yada yada yada. They placed a big order, um, and I shipped it out. And then three weeks later, I get a message from our credit card processor saying that the the items have been challenged, saying they have challenged or disputed the the charges, and so what I did, what I found out was it was a stolen credit card. So you just got to make sure. um, So ever since then, I, I cut back on, on which countries I ship to. If, if there's a lot of shady activity that happens within those countries, I just don't ship there. uh, And that's my right to do so. Okay. So, and it's your right because this is your brand. This is your product. And you, I even, I tried to reach out to, um, I put in a message, you know, into our, uh, the dispute um, I'm sorry I'm drawing a blank Uh, the dispute resolution center sorry Uh, I said hey look if this was truly a stolen credit I apologize I will refund this right away um, because you know this was my brand and I want to make sure that everybody that deals with my brand knows that we are doing everything we can to do it on the up and up and do things the right way uh, so just do your research. Make sure that you know uh, what you're doing. So as far as marketing, um, I can speak for my company, okay? I can't speak for other companies on, on how to market to uh, a, on a global setting. I don't. I don't specifically market to other countries. I just kind of throw the content out there and let the chips fall where they may. Uh, when I run ads on social media, I target the U.S. and Canada. Mainly just because my company has a very North American uh, vibe to it as it pertains to marketing. The reason that I market to U.S. and Canada is because I know the culture inside and out. I know how to get my point across to people here in the United States and to Canada and North America. Uh, If you look at our our Instagram page, I mean, okay, so hockey is the national uh, sport of Canada, Right. I'm not from Canada, but I, I put a lot of hockey stuff up there. Um, I do some, some blog posts with a professional hockey player. and uh, So I just, I know the culture inside and out here. I don't know the culture uh, in uh, Russia or Germany. I just don't know the culture. I know the stereotypical culture, but I don't know the actual local culture because I've never been there. Uh, so I would say, to start off, I would I would mark in your local um, domestic country where you know uh, kind of how to get your point across, right? Because you know the people. But if you are going to reach out and branch out into a, a global setting, you need to do you need to do your research on that certain culture, okay? so for instance if, uh, if you're gonna market uh, to Russia know that it is not uncommon for Russians um, say they're say we're marketing swim trunks right swimwear it's not uncommon for Russians to buy four or five different uh, pairs keep the ones that they they like and send back the ones that they don't like so maybe if you're running a, a Facebook ad in Russia, maybe you do a, a carousel type ad, which you can, you can select which different ads you do on Facebook. Maybe you run a carousel type ad and have four or five different products on there and offer a, a free, free returns. Um, if you're going to run ads in the U.S., Nostalgia is the big one right now. Uh, 80s and 90s type nostalgia. And here's here's why it's so big right now, okay? We 20 and 30-somethings here in the U.S. grew up in a time of limited electronics. I remember playing Atari. I remember, uh, you know, playing Wiffle Ball in the backyard. And in this day and age of addicted to electronic screens, um, you know, it's kind of uh, refreshing, Right. We grew up in the time of Reagan and Bush, and and what happened is technology increased really, really, really rapidly for us. So like most generations, we like stuff that reminds us of the good old days, right? And we're the mass consumers right now. If you take TV and movies here in the United States, for example, we see a lot of reboots from the 80s and 90s. MacGyver came back. Uh, Look at Stranger Things. It has that 80s feel to it. I see a lot of ads that use that nostalgic feel. Look at the those white Nikes from the, the late 80s and early 90s. I see people on college campuses wearing them all the time. Everything's got that nostalgic feel to it. Um, I, I saw a... Who was the company? Shield Republic. They are mainly a uh, police, fire, medic. I, I'm an ex-law enforcement officer, uh, retired, so... I, I still see a lot of those websites that pop up on my stream but they had a Reagan Bush presidential campaign uh, hat that popped up and I've never bought a hat so fast in my entire life but they um, they cater to that nostalgic feel so I'm just saying that that's, uh, if you're going to market outside of your own area do your research and make sure you know who you're marketing to Luckily, we're in a time where you can market or sur- you know your product or service to anywhere in the world. I can create an Instagram ad and market to a specific country halfway across the planet. It's amazing. So anyways, uh, thanks for joining us today. That's the show. Thanks for listening. I really sincerely hope that I answered all your questions. If I didn't, shoot me an email, please, and I will try and answer it uh, a little bit better. Uh, if you want to be a guest on the show, have a topic you want to talk about, or be a sponsor of the show, shoot me an email, Sean at StaggerShades.com, S-H-A-W-N at S-T-A-G-G-E-R You can tweet at me at that ThatDadLife, separated by underscores. Follow The Idiot on Instagram, at Staggered underscore Idiot. Uh, or follow my company, Stagger Shades, on Instagram. Uh, thank you guys. Like I said, next time uh, we are going to have a guest on the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, They're really cool people and I'm really excited. So we're going to be working on that hopefully early next week and it'll be back out. Thank you guys so much and have a great weekend.